Welcome to the podcast from the Temple. I'm Rabbi Peter Berg. And I'm Rabbi Lauren Filson Lapidus. This episode is brought to you by the Temple, Atlanta's oldest and youngest synagogue. Lauren, this has been another challenging week um, in Israel. And uh, in my email to the congregation, I had the opportunity to, to share some of my thoughts and some of my beliefs. Um, and while that's not the direct topic of our podcast today, we do want to acknowledge what's happening in the world and offer a prayer of peace. Uh, one of the things I said in my, in my email to the congregation uh, was a teaching uh, that I learned about the word uh, in the prayer for Israel, Sha'alu Shalom Yerushalayim, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And that verb, Lishol, means both to uh, pray for the peace of Jerusalem, but also to ask. And I think it's an invitation to each of us to ask what can each of us do individually so that there is peace, equitable and just peace in Jerusalem for all. It has been a very challenging week. I I am heartbroken pretty much every time I open up my phone and look at the news. And I, while as you say, it's not a topic for this podcast, you know, we've spent some time as a team and, and certainly the rabbis Lapidus have been talking about what makes this particular conflict different. Um, you know, there's each time we, we find ourselves in this situation, um, we add on the layers of, of politics, of, of conversations, domestic and international, the constant pressure on Israel that feels like a double standard at the same time, um, just the, the pain that is being caused to people who just want peace, who just wanna go about their daily lives, who just want, um, who, who maybe feel that their leadership is not representing them. It, it's really, it, it keeps me up at night. Yeah, and the people we know, the Israelis and the Palestinians that we know all want peace. They just, all they want is for there to be peace and they're loving, wonderful people who, who get along with each other on a daily basis. And of course you don't see that reflected in, in the news in the midst of the challenges that are going on. Absolutely, and you know, we say so often it's complicated and that sometimes is our way of saying, you know what, let's, let's end the conversation. But I, it's my hope that we don't use it as a conversation ender, but rather a conversation starter because it is complicated. And I think anyone who loves Israel um, is not just thinking about Israel right now and is thinking about Israel, Israelis and Palestinians, and is thinking about how to make sense of of what we see and what we can do and, and how we can educate those who are closest to us about what's going on so they don't make snap judgments. And um, it's, a, it's a lot. I think we're gonna have a lot of conversations and a lot of work ahead. We are. And part of that all begins with a conversation we're gonna have today on this podcast, which is uh, uh, all about relationships. And uh, you, know, you can't just start in a classroom and say, you know, learn about the, uh, very long uh, history of, of the peace process in the Middle East. Uh, but what you can do is get in a relationship with, with other people, even people who are different from you and even people who sometimes have different beliefs than, than, than you might have. Absolutely. And, you know, I think back to, I believe it was Ebu Patel talked about, you know, 
if you start every interfaith conversation with one of theology or trying to resolve conflicts, you miss the opportunity to actually find common ground and, and solve problems. And you know, when we look here in Atlanta, we are so blessed with vibrant leadership coming from various faith traditions that um, are eager to sit around the table and um, to, to focus on the places where we can really work together. And um, we are very fortunate now to be sharing an interview that we had with Samaya Khalifa of the Islamic Speakers Bureau, who truly is a friend of our congregation. And yes, there are places we may disagree, but so many places where, where you and she and all of us are working together um, to, to make this community and this world better. Absolutely, and to our listeners, uh, uh, what Lauren said is so important. This is not a conversation, even in the midst of the challenges we face about how, how to end it uh, or why it started or anything like that. It's a conversation about uh, people who are in relationship with each other and love each other uh, and are learning from each other, even when it's hard. Well, that sounds like the message we need amidst the headlines of this week. So take a listen. We are so excited to have today on our podcast, Samaya Khalifa, who is the founder and executive director of the Islamic Speakers Bureau, which she founded in 2001. Uh, Samaya, I'm gonna embarrass you by doing a little bit more of an intro. I, uh, you are the president of an intercultural consulting firm, Khalifa Consulting. You're on adjunct faculty at Emory. You have too many awards to count, but they're from the White House and the State Department and the mayor, and uh, you also, but managed to find time to be at almost every single interfaith or social justice event that I've ever been to in Atlanta in the last Everyone. 15 years. Everyone. Um, so it, on, on the website, it says that you are the fearless leader. And I think that's true beyond just the ISB. So we are so excited to have you here and thank you for, for speaking with us today. Well, I'm very honored and excited to be speaking with you all and be on your podcast. Thank you so much. Um, before we get into all of the things that, that we'll talk about today, um, you've just finished Ramadan, a holy season. What was it like amidst COVID and coming out of the vaccines and this year compared to last year? Just tell us about the last month for you and your community. Oh, thank you for asking that question. Actually, it was an amazing Ramadan. Um, it made us, for, for my family and myself, focus on the spirituality of it the essence of it, which is the, the Quran and celebrating the Quran, which is the Muslim holy book. Uh, we were very focused on family and our day started around 4.30 in the morning where every adult in the house, that's my husband, myself and our daughter, would wake up at 4.30 in the morning to get a very early meal before uh, fasting. And you can just imagine everybody saying, oh, don't turn all the lights on. You know, I just can't open my eyes. Uh, where's the coffee? Where's the tea? Where's this? And then, you know, as soon as we got settled, uh, seated at the table, we would start the most awesome conversations. We got very close together. And then in the evening, when it's time to break the fast, which was eight, it started at 8.15 and ended up at 8.35, uh, 8 um, everyone would be watching the clock, watching their, their, their phone and seeing different sources on what time is breaking the fast that particular day. And we break it with dates and uh, the children will also be at the table. We all eat together. 
And after eating together, we pray together. We pray the special Ramadan prayers together. And we go uh, to sleep around 11.30, 12 o'clock, midnight. But it really, really brought the family together. And this is something I truly appreciate uh, about Ramadan and also the spirituality, uh, focusing in on the creator, on how to be a better person. And somehow during that month, all the worries that were happening around, they really didn't matter that much because there was a bigger, um, bigger thing at the table, if you will, um, in everybody's heart. I had the honor one year of, of uh, attending an iftar in your home, obviously not, not in the COVID year, but, uh, and it was magical. And, and for me, it was um, reminiscent of so many Jewish holidays that we celebrate. It really felt, uh, not to mention that the food is practically identical, which is really, really something amazing. Um, but it really was, it was very special. And I could feel the, the deep spirituality with you and your family and your friends. It was very, very meaningful. And this is something that we missed, right? Even though we, we are focusing so much on family and the spirituality, we miss sharing our table with friends and um, you know, and neighbors. This is something that we missed last year and surely missed this year as well. Hopefully next year will be a better year. We could all gather around the table for Seder and for Ramadan and um, have a good time together, including food. Your mouth to God's ears. Uh, well, it, it certainly is not the focus of our conversation because none of us are going to solve all of the political challenges in the world. Um, if we could, that would be quite something. And I think uh, three of us could fix it pretty quickly. But I, uh, I uh, don't want uh, this, this moment to go uh, without a, an opportunity for us uh, simply to jointly offer a prayer for peace for, for all of God's children in this world. Uh, and um, you know, to grieve for the loss of life and to weep for those who are suffering and to condemn the violence and certainly call to an end to, to all of the violence um, um, and to, you know, resist the, the, the seductive pull of fear and ignorance. Uh, recently, the Institute for Christian Jewish uh, Studies out of Baltimore, with whom we as a temple have a relationship with, um, put out um, a statement that's very different from all of the other statements. And I just want to share a couple words and get your get your reaction, Sumaya, uh, because it relates to so much of the work that we do together. Um, one is a, a suggestion that dialogue replaces division, right? That um, speaking um, only with like-minded people fuels division, but dialogue, um, while it doesn't necessarily resolve differences or excuse injustices, it humanizes other people and it dismantles biases. Um, and um, uh, allows and fosters difficult conversations. It also um, helps, friendships also help us overcome fear. Um, and so I think about the friendships that our communities have forged, the dialogues that our communities have had, and of course, education eradicates ignorance because we've tried over the years to educate each other's communities and that has made a huge difference too. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on sort of um, those issues, you know, the importance of dialogue and friendship and education. Um, I, I I love what you said, and I'm totally, totally agreeing with that. Uh, sometimes it becomes challenging because of the forces that come upon us from outside. 
um, and the polarization that we find because of world events. And um, I think also the expectation that if you are in conversation with this group or that group, then you have the power to persuade them to think otherwise than they're thinking. Um, I believe understanding and have a realistic view of where the other is, where their narratives are at and start building bridges. And with the building bridges, it does not mean that we're gonna change the other person's frame of mind or narrative because their narrative is their narrative. But with the dialogue, et cetera, it's an opportunity for all the participants to hear each other out and have compassion and hopefully uh, that will lead to a better world. And I think it's the, that leads us into this idea of finding those places where we can be in conversation and we can work together, um, especially here, starting at home in Atlanta, um, building these bridges. ISB is um, the partner. I, I, I mean, when, whenever we're, we're thinking about interfaith work here in Atlanta, you and ISB are, are the first call. Tell us how, um, tell us about it. Tell, about, tell us about its mission and all that's going on these days. Yeah, thank you for that question. Uh, well, the ISB started, as you said, in 2001. So this year we're celebrating our 20th anniversary. And we had our first kickoff meeting training on August 18th, 2001. That was only three weeks before 9-11. Had no idea what's, what lays ahead. And it was, it was rather a, a sad moment for us to, as a country and as American Muslims and Muslims in general, to experience 9-11 and be uh, victims of 9-11 in more ways than one. And being a community that had to answer to so many people about 9-11 and, and ourselves, we were, we were victims and we were, were still being victimized as a, as a, um, as a result of 9-11. So we started out not knowing what we're getting into. I think the more I think back into it, I thought I was very naive and I'm glad I was because I was holding a full-time job in corporate America and had this idea of starting a nonprofit to bring people of different communities together to understand each other. And the Muslim community was very misunderstood even before 9-11. And I wanted, um, and people who were together with me wanted to have a voice of the Muslim community to speak on our own behalf versus um, experts who might have different agendas to speak about who we are and, and what do we do and what we believe in, et cetera. So this is how it started out. 9-11 uh, happened and uh, we found ourselves right in the middle of everything and which was really trial by fire, which was fine. I mean, looking back, that was really great uh, that we were there to be able to be a resource and many stories there, um, many friendships that started uh, as a result of our engagement with the faith communities. And, um, you know, so that was our beginning is to teach people how to speak about Islam and Muslims within the guidelines of the First Amendment. So we're not preaching, but we are teaching. And that was a challenge at the very beginning, because people, when they speak about their own faith tradition, they tend to have a lot of passion about it. And before they know it, they're preaching. And, you know, if you pray five times a day, or if you whatever, and I believe that once somebody speaks like that, uh, the audiences stop listening. So um, it took us many trials to get the right people on board. And uh, 
Um, the organization then found that there are many niches within the metro Atlanta area where there were opportunities to partner, the interfaith world. We started out just being an educational organization. Uh, later on, we found that, hey, the Muslims are not being recognized. We're not telling our own stories. And so we uh, started the 100 Influential Georgia Muslims and we're, we did the 40 under 40. And this year we're rolling in honor of our 20th anniversary, 20 under 20. And it also coincides with another round of influential Georgia Muslims. So we were raising the narratives of how Georgia Muslims were contributing so much to our state in so many different uh, levels in, in politics and healthcare and so many different ways. And we are telling those stories. And then we later find, found out that, hey, uh, we don't have a leadership development entity for the Muslim community. So we started the ISB Leadership Institute. So as we're moving along, we are finding opportunities that are not being met by anybody else. So we are jumping um, to those opportunities and make them happen. What was it like? It's an, it's an amazing story. Um, and uh, uh, I've heard you tell it a few times and it's really inspiring to, um, to hear how you got this organization off the ground to be so influential and so significant in, in Atlanta and beyond. Um, the, uh, I wonder how you, Sumaya, were able to do it. I mean, you, as you said, you know, in the, in the corporate world and doing your job and all of a sudden find yourself, I mean, it's, it's, it's very prophetic uh, to be able to, to do that. And, and now to have just the confidence and trust of so many people, but how did you take that initial plunge to, 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 to be so prophetic and to, to make this all happen. Um, thank you very much, Peter, for the compliment. Uh, you know, looking back at it, I thought back at it, I thought I was very naive. I did not know what I was getting into, but you know, I just felt it was the right thing to do. Um, my husband and my family were so supportive of what I was doing. I remember that our first training session, we had over 80 people and my parents, may God bless their souls, made a special trip from Texas to be here to attend the first training. Of course, they weren't gonna do anything with it, but they were here for support. And my husband is there all the time. I mean, he is my biggest cheerleader, but he he's also my worst critic. I mean, he whenever we put out a, a newsletter or anything, I'm just like, okay, when he comes home, I wonder what he's gonna say. And it's just so, um, it's, it's a support system, but also they are there to, to really be honest about everything and anything that we do. And, you know, it's, um, I, I don't know about prophetic. I mean, I really appreciate that compliment, but it's just an ordinary person finding opportunities and just jumping on them. Sometimes I get uh, burnt really bad. <laughs> and, but that just comes with the, um, with the territory. I also have an amazing board. I have a great, great advisory council. Uh, Peter happens to be one of our advisory council members and we're so honored to have you and all the amazing uh, members of the advisory council. We have um, incredible speakers and an incredible staff and they make all that happen. I mean, I just, uh, I just happen to be there to give ideas and share them off. 
Well, I'm just going to say that uh, prophetic people are often humble and don't realize how prophetic they are. So I can say as an outsider, there's a lot of a lot of prophes uh, prophetic uh, happenings going on around here. That's awesome. <laughs> You're very kind. And you've alluded to some of it, but I'm curious about some of the successes and the challenges. And also, um, you know, I'm we're always excited. I'm always excited to to meet other women in leadership in the faith community. And so maybe you could speak a little bit about that as well. Yeah, <laughs> it hasn't been easy, let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> when the ISB started, that was the first ever a woman-led organization. And part of our training, I mean, I came out and told people because most of them, I mean, it was um, a 60-40 split, men and women. And I said, this organization is run by a woman. If you have problems with that, please don't waste your time. Um, I got a lot of pushback at the beginning because uh, people did not know who I was, did not know what kind of agenda I had. Um, they were very skeptical. Um, I heard a lot of different uh, things about what we're doing and about me. And, but I also um, saw people who were there cheering us on, cheering me on. I had so many people supporting. Um, to start out from the Muslim community, men and women, and also from the faith communities. And till now, some of those uh, relationships that started when we started in 2001 are still ongoing, which is, a, I think, um, a big honor and a big blessing for me. Beautiful. Um, the last thing I wanted to ask today is about the work that we've done together the ISB and the temple, and it's it's really been such an honor for us. And, um, you know, in some ways it gets back to the question I asked early on about the the value of, of, of education, of learning from each other, and of um, uh, the value of, uh, of uh, getting to know another person that, that is not in your everyday sphere. And so we've tried to do that on a number of occasions, and I think it's been very successful. Um, we've held uh, two uh, iftars at the conclusion of Ramadan in two consecutive years, and we've held two uh, Jewish Muslim seders uh, back to back. Obviously, one year was virtual for both, and one year was in person for both. Um, and um, I know that our listeners would love to hear from you about these events and what it means to you and, and to us together. Yeah, so um, first of all, working with the temple and working with you, Peter, and you, Lauren, and everyone in the temple is a, a pure joy. Uh, your professionalism, you are very sincere about what you're doing, and you're not doing it to check the box, because there are organizations that do stuff just to check the box. You really mean it. You really uh, want change to happen. And that is the same thing about the ISB, is we want change to happen. One, one time I was speaking to a Jewish leadership group, and they said, um, the Abraham Accord and peace and, and this, and what do you think? I said, let me tell you, uh, I really don't believe in those accords. I don't think they're sustainable. And But what's really sustainable is the grassroots work that we are doing. It's building relationships building friendships, knowing each other, feeling comfortable to disagree, feeling comfortable talking about things that are, are tricky to talk about. And, and you know, talking about it uh, privately and not being afraid to do so. 
I think that says a lot about the friendship and the relationship that has grown over the years. Um, one of the things that really amazes me every time that we do our, our events together, both from the Jewish side and from the Muslim side, is how much each person gets out of it and how much they say, I am surprised at the commonalities that we have. Um, you know, Muslims just finished Ramadan or they celebrated the Quran. And I believe that our Jewish sisters and brothers had a holiday that ended yesterday where you celebrated the Torah. So, I mean, just look at the parallels. It's, it's incredible. And this is something that I just found out this year that about your holiday celebrating the, the Torah. So it's just really um, so much similarities. And we, we, we don't have a choice. We have to work together to make the world a better place. Even though we might not see it um, as much in our lifetime, but we are putting the seeds for future generations to carry it on. And we've said from the beginning, we don't, it doesn't getting to know each other and learning from each other doesn't mean we agree on absolutely every single thing. And, and we didn't start with, you know, let's all sit in this room and solve uh, Middle Eastern peace. That, that was not going to happen. Um, but we did um, begin to forge incredible relationships. And it's something that makes me so proud every single day. So I'm grateful for that. And Sumaya, I'm really grateful that you gave me, before I left for Egypt, right before COVID, um, all the great restaurants to go to, all the souvenirs to bring back to my friends. You, you made my trip a thousand percent better. So if anybody's going to Egypt, Sumaya's well, has got you covered. I, Sumaya, you should know there's never a podcast that happens where there's not at least one reference to food. And Peter, I think you're up to three. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> you, Sumaya gave me all that, like, you have to try this, you have to try this, you have to go here. Yeah. So I, it made my trip a thousand percent better. And I loved it. It was such a great trip. I <laughs> Well, as a, just sort of a, a closing question, um, what is ahead for you this year? Personally, ISB, um, you know, as we, we start to enjoy vaccinated life, looking ahead towards the end of this pandemic, or at least the acute part of it, um, what are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward personally to travel. <laughs> I wanna get out, I wanna get out of an airplane, I wanna see places. Uh, that's what's ahead for me, hopefully, God willing. Uh, for the ISB, we uh, are hoping to have a gala honoring the influential Georgia Muslims towards the end of the year. And we are also going back and having a renewed strategic plan to see who we are and what do we want to be when we grow up. Because over the years, the ISB has evolved and we have you know, accomplished all our goals from the last strategic plan. And we want to see where do we go from here? And so that's a question to be answered. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking time to be with us today and, and just for all of the ways that you enrich our community and, and to, for Peter and me personally, just your friendship and, and you are an inspiration in so many ways. Thank, thank you, Samaya. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, Lauren. And, I mean, it's my honor and pleasure to be with you today. And also uh, having the friendship with you two is uh, a big part of who I am and what I look forward to all the time. We look forward to continuing this partnership and soon, God willing, in person as well. Yes. Yes. Salam and shalom.
Peter, as I reflect on the conversation that we had with Samaya earlier, um, it's truly a reminder, as she said, it is friendships, it is partnerships, it's grassroots connections that are going to bring peace to this world. Um, Absolutely. You know, some people are going to listen and say, why didn't they dig deep on all the issues? And th that was not the point of, the, of this conversation. Right? We, as I said earlier, we're, we're not going to solve world peace here. Um, this is a celebration of, of friendships of people who get want to get together regularly to get to know each other and to find the humanity deep within each other. And I'm struck, uh, as I am with so many of our guests, uh, by their humility. So much happens behind the scenes that we don't realize. And that actually seems to be a theme for a string of weeks, because next week we have another very, very humble leader whose office is just a few yards from ours. That's right. It's someone we speak to all the time, uh, and some uh, that many of you get to speak to all the time, uh, but someone who's making his debut on the podcast at the Temple, our very own Mark Jacobson. So please join us next week as we speak with our executive director, who definitely prefers to be the one not behind a microphone, but is making an exception to, to come and share his perspective after uh, so many years of service here at the temple and just um, kind of working at things from, from a different side. So we hope you'll join us. Yeah, it goes without saying the temple is the temple because of Mark Jacobson. So it'll be a great conversation. Awesome. Hopefully he didn't hear this because then he's really going to be too embarrassed to come on. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again for joining us for another episode of The Podcast from The Temple. Where we inspire lives. And transform our world. <laughs>